I'll be on, but I'm going to say hi. Well, hi. <laughs> Good morning, Michael. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you, Alan. Yourself? Good, thanks. That's a beautiful backdrop you got there. Yeah, that's PK right there in the downtown Breckenridge. Taking it about four in the morning. It was minus 15 a few years ago. <laughs> Who does that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done it since, but I did a whole bunch of them that day. It, it turned out nicely. Excellent. Well, we're just waiting for a few more people to log on here. I had some that did false starts, and uh, we'll see what happens next. Yeah. Rob, how are you? Pretty good. How about yourself? Good, thanks. Looks like you're out in the driving in the snow. Yeah, yeah. But uh, there's probably like two, three inches on the ground, and it's currently snowing. Okay. Uh, well, it's kind of raining where I'm at, but I'm about to head up a pass outside of Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. So it's probably going to get snowy here <laughs> pretty soon. Yeah, most likely. Mm -hmm. Well, for those who have logged in, um, we're going to get started here in just a second. I'll wait for a few more people to. Oh, that's that's a great view there, Rob. <laughs> Well, I feel fortunate enough to be out on the road today. Me too. I I'm, feel fortunate not to be in Texas. I'm wondering if we're going to have anybody log in. We've got a number of members in Texas, and uh, and some are in the areas that have been affected. So I'm I'm wondering if we can get an update as to what's going on with some of them. So we'll see. Um, Really funny on the CBS morning show a little bit ago, one of the comedians from last night showed the first picture of Mars that Percy took after it landed yesterday, and they were uh -huh. panning around, and there was Ted Cruz all with a with a little <laughs> duck around his waist, and you know a a, a cocktail in his hand, smiling <laughs> out it. I thought it was funny. Yeah, that was really bad PR, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, not the best decision he's ever made. I don't think. Uh, making a bad thing worse. Yeah. Let's uh, let's get people here just a couple more minutes. At nine thirty, we had about twelve people logged on already. <laughs> so I'm not sure if they didn't get the the time right or what. But uh, um, I put it as a mountain time. I maybe should have put it as an eastern or central time. So we do have more more members in the central and eastern time zone. We'll see what happens. Yeah, usually when the television announcer announces what time things are going to be on, they go eight Eastern, seven Central, and five Pacific. Right. They just skip us all together. Yeah, they do. Yeah, the mountains. Never understood this. Mountain time zone gets skipped completely. That's true. Well, um, not to waste anybody's time here. JT, how are you this morning? Well, thank you. Thank you for hosting this, uh, Michael. It been four or five years good to hear your voice thank you it's like yours too more people joining in here it's lunchtime so i'll sort of hide myself for a while <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm curious to know for those that are that are uh logged in right now um what's this year starting out like for you any anybody want to volunteer better or worse? I will. okay it's uh, about like that. Really? Yeah, it's terrible. 
I would say it's not quite as strong as last January, uh, February. Um, what I have noticed uh, from my neck of the woods, normally starting the last week of December through mid-February is when I get most of my commercial business, it's a lot mm -hmm. of property managers uh, changing up their portfolios. So I'm out shooting a lot of strip malls, malls, doctors, offices, things of that nature. Okay. Uh, I've had none of that this year, no commercial activity whatsoever. Um, the uh, real estate uh, residential stuff, um, uh -huh. it's a bit better than this time last year, but it's still not anything to be excited about. Mm -hmm. um, I will say personal issues have driven uh, some things, but I'm currently in the process of retooling my business from website through deliverables and whatnot, um, yeah. because I feel the need to be more competitive and uh, offer more. It's probably a great time to do that if, if you know, for those of us who have some downtime, um, I know my business is a little different than the most of the members of this group in that I, I don't really do real estate specifically. Um, I have some clients who are real estate related, such as uh, real estate investment trusts and that sort of thing. Um, and, and then some, some large national accounts, um, but I, I don't have a good feel. So I'm hoping that we can have a, a discussion today that'll kind of bring us up to speed as to where things are nationally. Cause I'm hearing from some that 2020 was their best year ever. And, and then I'm hearing from people like Michael who are saying um, things are really terrible. So um, I'd like to get an idea if that's a, a regional consensus or what exactly is going on. Um, I'm gonna give us some dead air here for just a second and then we'll start this meeting properly if that's okay. So give me just a couple seconds here. Okay, we'd like to welcome everyone to this uh, inaugural Zoom meeting of the Real Estate um, Association. Of, and uh, we, we know it as REPAI. I think that at, at some point soon, we're gonna drop the I because our international membership is nil. And uh, we, we don't have uh, many that are in any place other than Canada. So I think we're gonna be real estate photographers of America um, here in the, in the near future. I wanna start this meeting by just welcoming everyone who's logged on so far. Hopefully we'll have more participation. This meeting will be hosted uh, as a YouTube video on our new channel, which is called A Photographer's Life. Now at A Photographer's Life, you'll also find uh, recordings and videos from uh, the AIAP Association of Independent Architectural Photographers, as well as Aerial Drone Photographers of America. And uh, along with those Zoom meetings, we also have playlists which will include interviews with individual photographers. The one that's sitting there right now is an interview I did two weeks ago with AIAP photographer Michael Dressler, who is uh, a very well-known uh, architectural photographer in Columbia, South Carolina. A lot of good information in that video. You can also find the podcasts uh, on most every podcast channel at this point. So uh, that's the housekeeping up front. From here, we just wanna uh, start in. And uh, prior to starting the meeting, I asked the question about how things were going generally and a couple of you volunteered. JT, let's go back to you if we can, if you've got a second to, to talk to us and just kind of give us an idea of, uh, of where your business is, um, you know, right here, February 19th. 
Okay, so <clears throat> uh, I was similarly uh, surprised by the people I've spoken with, uh, you know, especially down south, uh, Southern California, Florida, and whatnot, that said, oh, yeah, 21 was my greatest year. Um, a couple of those in the KOS because, well, they offer 360, doing two 360 views on the, and that was what saved their business. Okay. Um, one, I'm in the greater Detroit area. I serve all of Michigan, but predominantly Southeast Michigan, the uh, Detroit, Ann Arbor metro area. Right. Um, this market struggles because I've got a lot of realtors, brokers that'll list $15 million properties and think uh, Canon Cool Picks is just fine. Thank you very mm -hmm. much. Yeah. Um, so it, it's a tough market here in Detroit. It's not like going to Charleston or uh, out toward Michael's area, potentially. <clears throat> yeah. um, but uh, as far as the business, uh, it definitely dropped off. I had uh, three regular brokers uh, that do the majority of my business with me. Mm -hmm. uh, come mid-year, I would say certainly by mid-April, stuff just stopped for about three months. Just stopped. Okay. Um, absolutely came to a screeching halt. Um, then I started to get a couple of uh, calls again coming back in in September and October. It died again. Um, started seeing some more activity in December and then January and February. Uh, again, it's fortunately I have a alternative source of revenue. Otherwise, I'd be uh, drowning in okay. uh, uh, stuff right now because it's just not that healthy. It's it's showing signs of life, uh, which is good. Um, I think some of the other indicators I'm seeing with regards to COVID and the fact that maybe it's early as April, we'll have herd immunity finally. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm optimistic, um, but it's definitely down. And I would say for me personally, it's down 70% still. Okay. Um, in, in general, um, for those of you who are, who are uh, on the meeting right now, are, are brokerages your primary clientele or is it a mix of uh, brokers and independent agents and, and other things? Can you give me an idea of, of what your, your clientele is right now or has been in the, in the past couple of years? Uh, I'll offer a comment then I'll step away. Sure. Um, I look at this annually. Um, my customer mix changes year by year. Okay. Um, as I mentioned, commercial tends to be heaviest in the early winter months. Um, uh, then it shifts to uh, residential. As far as brokers, one-offs, uh, FISBOs, um, I would say the bread and butter 50% comes from the uh, repeat customers. Okay. Um, the rest of that is, uh, I see them once or twice a year, uh, real estate agents or brokers. Um, the last two years, what I saw was uh, a by surprise, um, very high percentage of for sale by owners. Um, Interesting. We're typically people in the 500,000 and up market. So in my area, uh, I would say the, the median property is not 300,000. Uh, very common house price is 250 to 300. And that'll be your two floor, three, two house. Um, and what I found is that there was a dearth, uh, there was for anything much further south of 300, um, they couldn't get me out there fast enough. They'd already sold it. Mm. Uh, the farther north of 400 you went, there was actually a slowdown and a little bit of a surplus. And I would have more and more owners calling me um, because their houses were sitting on the market 12, 18 months, and they needed to do something. 
Uh, I actually did a shoot for a, a VP of GM Powertrain and his wife, who was a high-end VP of a marketing organization. Mm-hmm. They, they could tell me, we've been on the market this long. This is who else in our neighborhood's been on the market. This is what they're asking. We think it's a little bit too soon to change it. You know, uh, they've done their homework. Um, but they were classic example of uh, $800,000 house. It's not seeing the traffic. And so they're calling out a professional photographer. Okay. And I saw a lot of FISBO activity as a result of that. Interesting. Michael, what, what kind of mix or did, do you have there in your market? You're in Breckenridge, Colorado. Yeah. It's uh, turning more and more into a VRBO and Airbnb market for me. Oh, interesting. Uh, they find me on Google and uh, they call me and oh, 90% of them don't bark at the price. Uh, some of them do and uh, mm-hmm. they go away. But uh, uh, that's become the, the majority of my business lately. I mean, do a little bit of, did a building renovation uh, shot back, uh, that was probably in, I don't know, it was cold. I think it was in November, December. Uh-huh. Uh, it was a nice little thing, old 1800s building that they gutted and were putting back together and they wanted to get pictures of all of it while it was still torn apart. Okay. Uh, so a little bit of that. And my real estate stuff has, has really dropped off uh, I think for a couple of reasons. One, a lot of my good clients are getting older and they're retiring okay. and are moving away. And so I don't have those anymore. And the young ones all seem to be happy with uh, uh, the kids out there that charge 80 bucks, you know, or 50 bucks. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it for that. Okay. Part of the problem also has been COVID. Uh, yeah. A lot of these people will not uh, adhere to the, you know, the sanitation requirements that the CDC puts out. And frankly, I'm 71 degrees and I've had a lot of heart problems in my life and I'm not going in a place that hasn't been completely sanitized. No, I don't blame I've you. Turned, I've yeah. turned down quite a few of those because they refuse to do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ron, I see you've joined us here. I, I want to ask you that, to come in on the same question about your mix of clientele at the present time compared to maybe a year or two ago what what are you seeing right now are you there with us <laughs> yeah you're talking to rob right rob yes i'm sorry okay uh my business is interesting i do a lot of stuff uh and i'm on the higher end of the real estate pricing model okay. as many of you probably are and so even in pre-COVID times in a good year, I probably only have half a dozen really good clients that give me regular work. Mm-hmm. And then th- throughout the year, I have a lot of these one-off people that either decide it was too expensive or they just don't sell a lot of homes or whatever. Okay. Um, but actually our market is, is really, really, really hot in the Northwest right now. Everybody's wanting to get out of Seattle, getting out of Southern California. Um, and they're moving up to North Idaho, Eastern Washington area to kind of get away from the crowds. So real estate's actually been pretty busy lately. Um, And COVID, you know, COVID's a concern, but if you work with the clients enough and have everything cleaned and et cetera, it hasn't been um, a real issue other than people's hesitancy to be in the same vicinity. Mm -hmm. We opened a video here in 2020 last year. um, And that's been challenging because 
one, we're new. And then two COVID, you know, people don't want to be indoors basically unless they have to. Yeah. So your casual studio rental business is a lot harder, but we've had some pretty kind of New York, a uh, couple of filmmakers come in from there for a Netflix show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a TV show. We lost your audio wrong. You there. <laughs> Rob was driving, and I think he's gone away. Uh, Ron Kordek is on the, uh, the call here, and I'm. And you're in Medford, is that right, Ron? You, let me have uh, have you unmute there. There. <laughs> we we we're not getting audio from you there, Ron. There we go. Um, can you can you comment on your? Uh, on your business as, as far as uh, what the mix is like right now? Mr. Kordak, okay. <laughs> We're missing audio there, okay. Not sure where he went, okay. He might be double muted. Uh, you gotta unmute Zoom and then double check the phone itself as well. Did you hear that? Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't show you as muted, but uh, okay. So we've got a deaf photographer in the business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're still not, still not hearing you there. <laughs> well, Sorry. feel free to yell at us when uh, it does start working. Um, you know, this may or may not be applicable to the, the question, but um, over the years, and I can't say 2020, uh, is a fair reflection of this, but I'll tell you, um, a solid quarter of my business comes from uh, one of two reasons. We had a photographer out already. We think we need to have a professional photographer. <laughs> there you go. And that's a pretty popular one. That's what we um, want to hear. The other one is, you're the only one I called that returned my call. Isn't so that surprising? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, and I tell, I, so I'm by day, I'm a director of sales operations. So I, I run a national sales team. Okay. And one of the classic things in sales is um, you have to show up. And yeah. that's where a lot of those phone calls come in. Uh, now, right now, I'm trying to you know, transition to this is the full time primary business. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you have to show up. You know, just answer, I cannot tell you how many times, either because somebody else did a poor job or they simply didn't answer their phone, I get the business. I think that is an excellent point to make because I get that too uh, from, you know, nationally from architectural clients. Um, I'll ask how they find, how they found me or how they came to call me or why, you know, why they're giving me the, the job. And I'm just astounded when I find out I'm the only one who responded, returned their phone call or re- replied their email with a, a quote. Um, mm. That's just crazy to me. Um, I think it's great because it gives me yeah. a quarter of my business, but you know, seriously, yeah. there's money left on the table. There, there's a couple of things I wanted to talk about. Um, and and Ron, Mr. Kordak, if we get you back and can, and can hear you jump in anytime, Right now, we're we're not finding 
any audio for you. I'm sorry about that. Hey, Ron, are you on a uh, computer? Uh, perhaps I'm, with more, I'm, than one, more than one. I'm driving computer. down the road. I've got my Bluetooth headset on, on my cell phone, so my service is going in and out. Yeah, we lost you for just a second. We're with Ron Ron Kordek uh, in Medford, and he's he's having a little trouble with audio here, so we're trying to troubleshoot that as well. Um, oh, gotcha. If you're, uh, in the tool tray with the mute button, you'll see there's a little up arrow in the corner of the mute button there. If you click that on and check your audio settings, that'll bring up another box. Uh, make sure the right microphone is selected or that one even is. Yeah. That's yeah. a frequent problem as well. Yeah, I've had that trouble where I've had the wrong mic selected. So anyway, sorry. Back At to least you. nobody's a cat today. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we may see a cat coming through the frame in my office here. But <clears throat> other than that, uh, there's a couple of things I wanted to talk with you about that, that we've kind of found out on a national level. Um, oh, there's kind of a good news, bad news. Let's start with the bad news first. Um, this has been a record year for sales of equipment to people who um, are considering jumping into the photography market. Now, I suspect that the bulk of those will go into the portrait and wedding market and dilute that market even further. But I, I have a feeling that there's some of those who are going to kind of trickle into the real estate market as well. And, and their competition is going to be strictly price because... Um, you know, they're the newbies. And so the differentiation then is, is on the quality of the product that we offer. Um, and, and that's, that's the competitive uh, point right there. And um, we're not going to want to compete on price. And so we have to offer something else there. Um, Ron, are you with us again? Not yet. Okay. Um, the good news is that there are more people hitting uh, the Google local listings than ever before when looking for photographers. The, the, the search for real estate photographers on, on Google local returns has really shot through the roof over the past 12 months. Now, uh, for those of, who are going to be listening to this later and watching this, um, you know, we've just got a handful of us here right now, but um, Hopefully you all know about claiming that Google local listing where uh, when somebody types in, you know, real estate photographer that Google is going to look at who's listed locally or in that, that local search area when they're identifying the, the location of where the search comes from and then bring you up in that little sidebar box, um, which shows with the map who's listed in that local area. Uh, is everyone familiar with that? And and any up to speed on that, Michael? Yeah, um, I've had that going for quite a while. Okay, uh, I think that's going to become more and more important. Now, one thing along with that is that you're going to you're going to need to have some reviews that people will be willing to do <laughs> that that you know give you that five star rating, and so I would recommend that you, to your, to your best customers, uh, you send out uh, a request. And Google has, uh, when, if you go into your Google account there, um, 
I don't know exactly where the page is, but you there is a request link where you can send that to your customers and say, will you please uh, let you know the world know how you feel about my photography? Or would you be comfortable sharing your experience with my photography on uh, social media? And then that will automatically uh, populate to your Google local listing. And that that is going to be huge. Um, another point along with that, and, and JT, you alluded to the fact that you're going to be reworking your website. Uh, could I maybe just kind of encourage everybody to take a second look at how your website comes up as a search return and, and just make sure that if you were the guy searching or the woman searching for an architecture, excuse me, a real estate photographer, that the title and description is compelling enough to get you to click on that link. Um, any thoughts on that? Has anybody had experience with that so far? One thing I would recommend when doing that is yeah. if you are logged into Google, like mm -hmm. you're using Chrome, right? Make sure you log out and you do it as independent search. Um, also Absolutely. have somebody outside your region because if you search as yourself, it's going to feed you back yourself. Yes, it will. Um, <laughs> it will uh, give you tainted returns. <laughs> yep. The last time I did this, I uh, certainly made sure to sign out. I also had a friend in uh, South Africa uh, mm -hmm. do a search for me. I will tell you, page one came up almost exactly the same as mine. Okay. Uh, yay, I'm in South Africa as a photographer. That was great. Um, granted, he was searching the Detroit market, but still. Mm -hmm. Um, but the other thing that goes with that, and I've done this for a number of small businesses and my own blogs and different things, is you need to be active. Don't yes. Be extensive, maybe have a blog, but you need to have some fresh content, at least weekly going right. up there. Um, because that alone, um, there's another JT Peterson over in uh, Europe. He's a, a microbiologist, a uh, very well-published individual. Okay. And uh, at one point I set up jtpeterson.net and started blogging twice a week and doing reviews and whatnot. And inside 90 days, I had completely pushed him back three pages. I clobbered the first two pages. Oh, interesting. It only took 90 days of regular publishing. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something I'm restart trying to restart with my website because uh, for three or four years with family issues, I let it just drift. Mm -hmm. And the business reflected some of that. Um, so now I'm really getting serious about, okay, we've resolved those issues. Let's get focused on the uh, photography again. Okay. The Google list, the Google local listing also will prompt you to post an update on a weekly basis. Uh, you'll get an email and saying, you know, do you need to post an update? Do, have you posted your COVID policy yet? Those kinds of things. Uh, those are important. Um, and that weekly update generates huge traffic. Um, now, I don't do a lot in my local market. And so I honestly haven't paid a, a, a lot of attention to the weekly updates. But when I do, I see a bump. And I um, sometimes I see a big bump. And so all it is is a photograph with you know, some, some news item or feature item or some type of service uh, information, that kind of thing. And, and those are huge. Um, I wanted to give you kind of the breakdown of what we're seeing um, across the United States as far as the people looking for um, 
a real estate photographer and where they're looking. Okay. So Google is the first. I mean, they're going to do a Google search. And it's usually in terms of real estate photographer and then the location. Uh, that is the primary search that they're going to be looking at. The next one, um, which I found kind of fascinating, was Facebook. Um, they're they're going to look on Facebook for a recommendation for a real estate photographer. That's totally different than um, the architecture or aerial photography market. Uh, that, well, that's you. Un, that's unique to the real estate group. Um, from Facebook, then we kind of have a toss-up between Instagram and Pinterest, um, which was also a surprise to me. Um, of the demographics that we're able to extract as far as who's looking at those things and who's looking, um, it's predominantly women who are looking for, our, for a real estate photographer. Um, and I don't, and, and I can't differentiate whether those are uh, realtors, whether they're, you know, uh, owners, that kind of thing. That's kind of tough to differentiate. But uh, one thing I can uh, tell you is that there, there is a large percentage of other photographers looking at your websites. <laughs> and we do see a fair amount of search traffic through the real estate photography directory that are other photographers. Um, just kind of scoping out the competition is my uh, idea about it because the domains that they're coming from on those, uh, the domains and also the, the names, uh, if it's a Gmail account, um, that they do have some attribute that leads us to believe that those are photographers. So those are kind of uh, just some clues about demographically where people are looking and who's looking. Um, real estate wise, and um, as I've talked with people in the real estate profession, they see um, more movement for photography being in the upper end of things for people of your caliber, uh, that it's gonna be in the upper end, the commercial and the high end residential rather than in the low end residential. Um, and in, by saying that, uh, that also um, leads to the, to the requirement that your website and the things that you show on social media be a very high caliber uh, photography that set you apart from the rest of the crowd. Um, I have people here in my local market. I live in Utah and uh, I live in a, a little resort community north of Salt Lake City. But um, in the Salt Lake City market, there are people charging everywhere, you know, for an MLS listing from $50 to say $500. That's the range on an MLS. Um, now I, I don't I don't I the, the work that I do on a residential listing usually is when the owner brings me in or um, a broker where they really need something that sets them apart. But a lot of them also have in-house photography, and that's yet another hurdle to overcome, uh, especially in in some of the resort areas where like where you are, Michael. Um, Berkshire Hathaway is famous for having in-house photography. 
uh, and also Sotheby's. So um, that that's kind of another hurdle. You've just got to be able to show them that you're different and better and definitively so. So uh, that's kind of the point of that whole conversation. Um, any concerns that you might want to discuss with other photographers that that come to mind at this point? Is there? Um, I'd kind of like to hear what's on your mind. Anything specific? Photography stuff is, has that really hit my business pretty hard a few years ago when uh, uh, Liv Sotheby's, uh, they hired a guy that I know. And uh, it's funny enough, he called me to try to teach him how to, uh, he wanted me to teach him how to do HDR photography because that's what they wanted. I said, no, I'm not going to do that unless you want to pay me a lot of money. And then we have a, a much a local firm called Slifer Smith and Frampton that's in Vail and, uh, and Breckenridge and a few other resort towns. And they have in-house photography. Uh, I tried to get myself to be the in-house photographer for Remax. It's where my wife is a broker, but they're too cheap. They wouldn't, okay. they wouldn't do it. Uh, but that is, uh, that's a problem. And uh, with real estate, that's why I'm glad the VRBO stuff is, is filling in a lot. You know, that, that's an interesting market that just didn't exist a couple of years ago, really, because people were just taking shots with their phone. And now it's become so competitive and the volume of inventory has increased to the point where you've got to have something excellent to set yourself apart. I did a shoot a year ago in Park City at my full rate uh, for an owner. Of a, of a ski property uh, simply to put on VRBO. Um, and he was happy to do it. And of course it was a small investment in the big scheme of things. But I'm just wondering if maybe that's something that in your website and in your blog or whatever, um, in your, your website description or anything like that, if VRBO or Airbnb maybe is something that is um, contextual so that people can find you for these things because I don't do that. Yeah. They're not, they're not going, um, you know, they're not going to the real estate people and asking what photographer should I hire? They're looking for somebody themselves. And that was going to be, I don't know. Some months ago, I just, I rewrote the, you know, my homepage mm -hmm. and I stuck VRBO and Airbnb in there. Mm -hmm. And I also did, uh, I signed up with Airbnb to be one of their certified photographers and went through their little weird ass course. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they have a certain way they want things done. And it was simple enough to learn. But then when I actually got a call for a job, it was over 100 miles away and it paid uh, $200. Yeah. And a little bit of mileage. But then you also have to do this. Uh, I don't know, something, it's like a floor plan that takes right. another hour. Yeah. And I said, no, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. There, there are a number of agencies that are, that are trying to hire photographers to do that kind of thing. And uh, we see them hit, hitting the, uh, the real estate photography website on a regular basis um, and scraping emails to try to find photographers that they can contact. And so you probably have all had that contact at this point by one or the other of them. Um, and they don't pay very much. They're difficult to work with. And so uh, working independently, I think, is, is going to always be uh, your best 
choice on a situation like that. One of the things JT and you said, Alan, that I think is so important. I mean, I get people call me and I answer the phone and they are so surprised that I answer the phone that they mention that. I mean, you're the first one that answered the phone. My God, what are you doing? Yeah, or if it's, I miss, it's as soon as I possibly can. You know, <laughs> it's just crazy that people don't do that. I don't understand I, it. But yeah, let me just inter interject just really quick here, and I know I'm, I'll get back to your thought there, Michael. But um, there is an app online called Speechello, um, S P E E C H E L O. It's a free app. It has an an artificial intelligence of voices that you can choose from. You type in what you want. And I use that as my answering machine. Uh, that's, the, that's the voice that you hear on my answering machine. It's this sophisticated lady who answers as if I'm a big company and uh, gives you this information. And it sounds very convincing because I can answer my phone all the time, nor can my wife who works with me as a stylist. And so if it goes to voicemail, I wanna make sure they know that I'm the real deal. And so it's a free service. So, you know, take a look at it. <laughs> they won't be happy for me sending you for the free service, but uh, it, what was the name of it again, Alan? it's called Speechalo. Now they'll try to get you to sign up for their pro package, which has more voices, but there's enough variability in the voices that they give you for free that I think you could come up with something that sounds really polished and it takes a little tweaking and you have to learn how to punctuate so that the voice will pause and take breaths and things like that. But there are uh, some male voices and female voices and even a child's voice if you, if you chose to go that route. But uh, they sound like you've hired voice talent. Um, in fact, I had somebody ask me where I had found the voice talent for my answering machine. And uh, I didn't tell them. But <laughs> um, if you can't answer the phone, that will be an impressive answer that uh, I think will will boost you up just a little bit in their eyes as far as your credibility. I'm sorry, Michael, I defer back to you. <laughs> well, that's, that's just fascinating. I hadn't heard about that. Uh, what were we talking about? Business? You were talking mm -hmm. about answering the phone and... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And VRBO and Airbnb and all that stuff. Uh, and, oh, I know what I was just gonna say. Uh, Google, that, uh, that reminder to you know, update your, your Google site every week. Yeah. What I've tr been trying to do is to create different scenarios. Like right now I'm working on one called the retrospective of my 17 years in commercial photography. Okay. And I'm going back and, and, you know, I posted my very first shot I ever took from in 2003, which I'm not real proud of, but it's not that bad. <laughs> and I, I keep moving forward and, uh, you know, I try to describe what I was doing, why I was doing that. And I've been doing that like every two or three days. And I think that's helping a lot. Yeah, I think that's huge. Um, we started probably a year and a half ago uh, making a concerted effort to post on Instagram and on LinkedIn. Now, that's a LinkedIn, I think, is probably not a real good fit for real estate, but uh, for architecture it is. Uh, I don't know, it won't hurt you to be there and you probably should be anyway, but we don't do, we do flights where we have, you know, we post every day for a week or every day for two weeks and then, um, and then we'll lay off for just a little bit. Um, 
And that kind of goes back to, I, I worked in advertising for a while and there's, there's some strategies to uh, the way you, you uh, do advertising as far as whether, you know, the, the, uh, the frequency and the reach that you gain uh, by certain frequencies and things like that. But um, I saw a huge bump and I saw a huge bump in clients that I couldn't reach any other way. Clients that I had mailed to for years, all of a sudden were contacting me because they were seeing work um, that I was posting, you know, every day or, you know, every two weeks or something like that. Um, I, I would probably, if you've got the opportunity to sit down with somebody in real estate, now, Michael, that's easy for you. Um, and just ask, where are people looking um, that are looking for real estate in your particular market? And in order to then roll that into where are they looking for real estate photographers? I think that there's some commonality there, especially with those who are selling by themselves. And in this market where there's so little inventory and prices are increasing and interest rates are staying so incredibly low, I think there's going to be more inclination for people to try to sell on their own. And then the discount brokerages that are coming into the markets um, that it may be an open door for real estate photographers who do great work and charge a little more or a lot more <laughs> is, is my, is my consideration in that regard. I think you're right, Alan, about uh, LinkedIn. Uh, I mean, I do LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, what else? Twitter and Google, those four religiously. Mm -hmm. And uh, that helps. I also house H O you know, that's a good point. I didn't bring that up, but, but that is an excellent fit for the real estate market. Um, so I go in and do, uh, uh, they allow you to do specials, okay, or sales. Mm -hmm. And what I do is mark it up and then bring it down to my regular price. <laughs> I know that's not very ethical, but I don't care. And I do those. I keep, try to keep them running so that uh, maybe it'll generate some interest. Mm -hmm. And they give out awards, you know. They do. I mean, you yeah. only, all you have to do is get somebody to review you once or twice a year, and they'll give you a new reward or a new award. Right. So you can, I've got like, I don't know, six or seven of them that I put on my email, as uh, part of my email signature. Uh, another one another thing with House that I need to mention is that there is a real estate uh I mean, our group has an affiliated uh, badge, and I don't know how many have claimed it in this group. Um, but, okay, so you know about it, but you have to go into your profile and go under affiliations, and you can claim that real estate photography badge, which shows you as a certified real estate photographer with the group. Uh, to me, that's, that's a huge thing, because that will set you apart. Well, I've I got would, a link. Yeah. But where, where do you get that certified part? I haven't seen that. Um, if you use the code for the, uh, um, to link back to the real estate site, um, to the group, um, it does say certified, certified member. And I'll, I'll send you that art, Michael, so that you can stick that in if you want to. Uh, JT, you had a comment. Oh, <clears throat> yeah. yeah. I mean, you were talking about the different sources. 
Um, you know, it's not meant as any form of puffery. I've sent you email on this in the past, but um, I've all but given up on Facebook. I've had a Facebook page for years. Mm-hmm. Now I won't claim to be up there continuously updating it, but uh, I've run ads on Facebook. Um, I cannot, when I remember, I ask people, you know, how they find me, where they'd find me. Uh, Google's obviously uh, uh, number one for generic purposes. Uh, I can't say in seven years that anybody has come to me from Facebook, not a single soul. Um, I don't pursue LinkedIn uh, because I don't believe it's a real good fit. I've used it for other things with good success, but um, I've also got to manage some conflicts of interest uh, in that avenue. Um, but the uh, other places I register or list, REPAI is uh, the one that um, routinely generates the most identifiable leads for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, generally, they've come to me pre-qualified. That's one of the things I love about maintaining an active web presence. Yeah. As I would say 90% of the time, um, they're pre-qualified. They're calling. They've looked at the portfolio. They've already seen me. I, you know, It's generally pretty clear when they come from REPAI, but um, they've already seen the portfolio. They're pre-qualified. Uh, I used to post my pricing. I'm not doing that currently. I don't know if I'll resume that or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they called, it's like, oh, I need package D and you know, here's my credit card. Uh, it, it's been a great way of driving business. That's, but, great. Uh, I, That's great. I really have found REPAI's paid for itself uh, more than any of the other registries or services I participate in. I'm glad to hear that. We do... Uh... We see huge traffic through there, and um, I, I know that a certain percentage of that uh, converts. And so it, it's nice to hear that back that um, that you're seeing that. That is, we we promote that, and the realtors get tired of our direct mail. I think, but we promote that to realtors, uh, both commercial and uh, residential, on a regular basis with direct mail. And it goes out to roughly 40,000 agents and brokers. Um, and with the, the basic message is, this is where you're going to find the best photography in America for real estate. And so it's an easy thing for them to do. And uh, they, they've actually uh, been fairly loyal, the ones that have, have bought into that. And there are, there are certain brokerages that will use that directory, the REPAI directory, everywhere throughout the country to find photographers. So uh, I'm glad to hear. Might explain. I got at least one lead from CBRE out of Chicago that way. Okay. Um, I've had CBRE from Toronto and elsewhere, but I know the one in Chicago at least came via REPAI. That is that is one that heavily uses the directory. Um, and I don't know if it's in any internal literature or uh, something that's recommended within the company. Uh, I've not been able to, to discern that, but they are regular users and we see their traffic coming through almost on a daily basis. So that's good. Uh, they do talk. Um, I, forget, I think it was a Toronto one I got because they had, the person calling had spoken to their counterpart in Chicago. Okay. Uh, so they do talk amongst themselves, okay. at least within that business. That's great to know. Um, uh, Ron, I, I will send that to you. 
I, I did get your text on the <laughs> on the chat line too, and so you'll get that art as well because uh, we're not hearing from you. Um, if you want to, if there's anything you want to ask me or ask the group, you know, go ahead and type into that chat line, and uh, and I'll read that, and we'll we'll go from there if you'd like. Uh, so just just in case that that is, you know, your your audio is problematic at this point, but uh, we'll try to make it work. Okay, <laughs> all right. Um, couple of things that I wanted to, um, to talk about. And um, I think there's gonna be some attrition in our business over the next uh, little while. We saw it with the recession in 08, 09. And those that are gonna be able to kind of float to the top, if you will, are not the guys that are charging 50 bucks. Um, it, it's, it's the ones who are doing great work. And, and that's where, where this group, I think, has the distinct advantage. I would like to be able to show more great work on the RAPAI website. Um, I get a little bit of uh, input, and we've kind of held off on, on pulling the trigger on, on repopulating all the images and things like that. And, and we kind of like to uh, put together some type of a showcase that, that takes you beyond the landing page where you can look at individual photographers. And so um, please don't hesitate to, to shoot me something. If you've um, got- I've wondered uh, about that. You know, if, if you've got something special, send it to me. Because the stuff I sent you is six years old at best. I yeah. haven't sent you anything since. I wasn't aware I could send you stuff uh, for the rotating, you know, the bumper rotation. Per se. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we, yeah, I'd be happy to. Yeah, we've not done a lot with that as far as rotating it. It, it you know, I'd like to think that that those things make people come and 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 go, and we generate more traffic with it. The truth is, we don't. Um, what generates the traffic is is them clicking. the The, the biggest traffic um, conversion that we get is somebody who searches for a real estate photographer in a specific area and then goes directly to that directory page. They don't go to the homepage. And that's where we have the greatest conversion from searches. So um, real estate photographer, Oregon, say for example, you know, that, that is a better search return than just general real estate photographers. Um, let's see. Um, um, oh, interesting. Mar Mr. Kordak saying that he, he's not seeing any loyalty from clients that he says, if you offer drones, et cetera, brokers will give you the business. Um, is aerial photography a part of people's business here? Yep. Okay. Yeah. That's been actually a fun one. Um, five years ago, I started getting the first phone call. Okay. Many. <clears throat> um, and, you know, hey, do you do it? And a lot of it was kick to the tires. Um, so this is five or six years ago. Um, and nobody would pay for it. And they certainly, once you gave them, you know, I had maybe four or five times a year, I, that year I had frank discussions and, well, why, you know, would you, well, I would, but <clears throat> I don't know that my market would support it. Well, what would you charge? Well, this is, yeah, you're right. And the call. Mm -hmm. um, the next year, I had more phone calls, and I had my first actual sale, commercial. It's like three hundred and fifty dollars, and I outsourced it. I did hundred percent to uh, 
uh, local drone operator. You know, so I was happy to get it as part of the package. And, just, and um, I thought, you know, the phone calls are starting to get a little bit more serious here. I think yeah. uh, that off season, I thought, you know, I'm going to go do the training, get my license, get my equipment, get insured. And I, I want to be ready for the market. This is three years ago now. And I got my license in like February. I was fully insured in March and I got my first pain shoot uh, residentially two weeks after that. Um, I will say I've done more than enough to pay for the uh, Mavic Pro uh, that I use uh, maybe three, four times over. Mm -hmm. um, it is something that, you know, I have had some phone calls where a couple of customers they only call me out for a drone. I, I haven't done yep. any terrestrial shoots for them. It's only been, hey, come out and shoot a drone of the farm, shoot a drone of this, this uh, bar in a you know, peninsula that I'm trying to sell. Blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, so it's, it's a valuable add-on. It has paid for itself. Um, at least my area, if all you're going to do within 30 miles is call me out for that, it's going to be uh, 179 bucks. Uh, I may bump that. I give it about a $50 break if it's uh, part of a uh, conventional package. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've had, there are some local guys that that's all they do is drone and drone video. Uh, yeah. Video is a whole nother topic we could get into today, but right. um, the drone has certainly been, um, it's gotten me some business where I wouldn't have gotten it otherwise. Okay. Uh, I am looking though to do a, to replace it and move a little bit upscale to um, the later gen Mavic Pro. I'm not going to go into, you know, an octocopter or any of that. The market doesn't bear that. I'm not interested. But uh, I do, I do want to get something higher quality than the uh, Mavic Pro. Okay. All right. I, I will just say from from my business that uh, I've been using drone now for I think six years, um, and. The reason I did it was because that helicopter time was becoming so prohibitive. And for my commercial clients, it was a little hard for them to swallow, you know, eight fifty to a thousand dollars an hour to take a Belgian Ranger up. And uh, <laughs> which is, I understand that. And so, um, so I've, I have used one and integrated it as part of my, creative fee, which is, you know, that's, a, it's a different world than, than charging for a real estate uh, property, but it's, it's part of the package. I just, I offer it if they ask for it and it depends on the airspace, whether or not it's even possible to do it. There's a lot of, uh, of restricted airspace situations where I cannot get a waiver and uh, I let them know that and, so, you know, we can, we can rent the helicopter or we can just forego <laughs> having drone I, shots. I, I smile over that. I've got a local competitor. Um, he posts right on his website. You know, he will not shoot within five miles of an airport, period. Mm. Uh, and a lot of like this one I just threw up here. Um, it's amazing what 15 feet off the ground will be. I mean, this is dead flat land here where the shot is. There's, right. This is not Breckenridge. <laughs> this is dead flat here like a pancake. And 15 feet completely changes perception of the property. Sure. Uh, and I do market to my to my uh, customers when they should or shouldn't. You know, mm -hmm. typically if it's going to be flat like this, uh, you know, if unless there's a reason to use it, don't. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but if you're somebody like um, 
like this one, I've had a, a number of marinas that I've shot. Right. Um, I've done some true overhead aerials. One I had to stitch 46 images. I had to fly a grid. Chunk, 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 okay. Yeah. And uh, that was a huge one. Um, but they're using that as a map when they're looking to sell uh, space. Here it is. I think this is it. Um, yeah. You're only seeing a, a quarter of the image, but uh, they're looking at to show customers where their birth is going to be, you know, things like that. But uh, I'll tell them, you know, unless you've got terrain difference, terrain differences, uh, elevation where, you know, you need it in order to more accurately describe the property, unless there's a unique feature that you want. This, this couple was uh, literally out there hosing down the, uh, the uh, sidewalk uh, immediately prior to this. I had to wait okay. for the water to run off a little bit. Um, <laughs> But it, it definitely is very valued in certain cases, but I don't push it. If you're in a McMansion, uh, a forest of McMansion houses and a subdivision and there's nothing, I, I, I'll actually discourage it. I, if I don't think it's worth your money, I will not push it. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, if you're looking to sell your house relative to surrounding features, ease of access to uh, the highway, if you're looking for right. ease of access to <clears throat> shopping or the local prison behind your house, uh, yeah, might be useful to, to have or not have. Yeah. And, um, and I think in a commercial situation, uh, that's going to be a whole lot more important, showing what the, uh, the property context is. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, I'll say I, I shoot in the Salt Lake Valley, which a lot of the stuff is going to be in the flight path of Salt Lake International Airport. And I'm able to, you know, I, ha I have to allow the time, but I'm able to get the clearance in nearly every situation to fly at an altitude that they approve. And that is not going to be 400 feet. It may be 92 feet or something like that, but I can still mm -hmm. get, I can still get the drone in the air. I can still do the work. And so it's not an impossibility, but uh, like you Unfortunately, said, you've got to be licensed. <laughs> Well, that was where I was going to say, you know, with the other guy, um, you know, won't shoot within five miles. And I thought, and a couple of people I'd talked to online, they, I came away with the impression they were afraid to contact uh, ATC. And that's um, probably true I, if they're not licensed. <laughs> well, it, the, but the first time you do it, you know, I was a little bit, <clears throat> you know, I was a little bit leery the first time I called. Uh, but I started building up a, so when you call for your weather forecast and whatnot, yeah. Uh, all you have to do is ask and they'll give you the phone number to the local tower. Yeah. And uh, now they've tried to automate it and you need to use one of the different services. And those are pretty quick, whether you get approved. And you know, they really you look are. at your map, you know, yeah. you might only be able to do 300, 200, 100 feet or nothing within a half mile. Um, but I'd call and they'd pick up the phone. You know, having one, two, three, come in and you're like, okay, what can I do for you? Well, this is JT Peterson. Here's my number. You know, I had the list of six things I needed. This is what I want to do. Yeah. I had one of them. I was a half mile away from the tower uh -huh. shooting a, a shopping mall. Um, now with the geofencing that DJI does and whatnot, you can't do that regardless. But the tower is great. Oh, yeah, you're safe. Just stay under 200 feet. Please call us when you're done. Yeah. It was and, fabulous. And you can get, you can get the, the waiver through DJI. Uh, too. I mean, you you can get past that geofencing. Yeah, I've flying. just learned about that. Yeah. yeah, and and occasionally I need to. I mean, I I, I shot some industrial areas uh, in different parts of the country where we were, you know, right next to the airport, and the tower is very friendly 
has been my experience anyway, mm-hmm. that they're happy to hear from you. You know, don't surprise us, but if you call us, we're going to work with you. And, th- and that seems to be the case. So. Well, a friend of mine that got me moving was a, a pilot. And he said, you know, they're there to serve you. Yes. And generally I found that they're very decent people to uh, sure. work with. And um, uh, so anyway, like I said, after the first two or three, you go, okay, they're not going to bite my head off or anything. Um, always very easygoing. Um, so, but now it's automated. So mm-hmm. it's even faster and you don't have to bother. I always hated calling the local major airport and they're literally landing 747s and whatnot. And here I am asking, can I find my little drone in your airspace? <laughs> well, but they just, you know, the, the fact that you're going to avoid getting one of those sucked into a turbine is, it's really important. Yeah. Uh, and, and once in a while you get in a situation where you've got a fixed base operator who uh, at a little field who really doesn't know what's going on and you, you call, you call them and they, you know, they pick up the phone and, and they're not really used to this whole protocol. And so there's an education that kind of has to happen at that point that don't be afraid of me because I'm here with the drone. I'm not here to cause problems. And so, uh, but I think that is such a, a value added proposition to real estate photography. If you can say, yeah, I've got a drone and, we we will add that in at, at this kind of a fee. Mm-hmm. Um, that's huge, rather than bringing somebody else on board. Can I add, ask a, a slightly different direction before we wrap yeah. up? Sure. Um, and that is video. Um, I've completely replaced my equipment this season. Uh, mm-hmm. Made a major investment. Um, you know, the Canon 5D Mark III that I had for you know six years. Loved the camera, but when I started looking at doing video, uh, it was woefully lacking by modern standards. Um, then I started looking at modern equipment and realizing that the uh, um, uh, exposure range was uh, dramatically improved in the last seven, eight, ten years of technology. Right. But I'm curious how, for this group, how much uh, video is starting to poke into the business? I used to do a lot of video. I'm sorry? I used to do a lot of video. Okay. Uh, but I had an editor out in West Virginia that would... Uh, edited it all, put it together, made it look beautiful for 35 bucks or 40 bucks. Hmm. He retired and uh, I've yet to try to learn uh, how to edit my own. And, uh, uh, but I never, I was trying to think what, I had to do it so cheap. It made me so mad that, that people were unwilling to pay for much of it. But maybe I got into it too early because I'm talking five, six, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I first started thinking it was going to take off. And, uh, but I've had, uh, I don't know, the last 12 months, maybe one request for video. I mean, I haven't had any, but tying back to Alan's earlier comment about, you know, opportunities going to lie in the higher end of the market. I definitely agree with that. I price myself. Uh, so I'm not shooting $125,000 wonders. I really don't mm-hmm. want to. Um, so I price higher accordingly and I do deliver, a, you know, not $50 <laughs> deliverable. But um, what I'm also finding with a handful of my repeat customers is um, they're focused on doing their day job and they're not thinking about where to go. They're not going to come to me and tell me where my business needs to go. Maybe they saw Bob had this happen and so they'll ask me whether I do that or not. But uh, it's up to me to come up with the deliverable and assess where the market is and what I think I can get them to buy. 
And right now I am seeing, especially for higher end properties, for me, that's going to be the 800,000 plus um, that, uh, you know, video clearly is an opportunity. Um, but you know, I've done some editing. I've done a couple of decent little videos, um, but specific to real estate, you know, that's it, its own little niche. And I was just curious how folks were looking at it. Well, explain to me why we've got agents out here that list $5 million properties, $10 million properties. They go shoot them with their damn iPhone. Yep, I'm sure. serious. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. it. It doesn't make any sense to me, but they do. Yeah, yeah I, I see that in this market as well. Same yeah, thing. there's a lot here. You know, the Canon Cool Picks, I don't kid you. Um, it took the picture of the front foyer. It's got a spiral staircase. So the, the foyer is about 50 feet, 60 feet wide. Uh, twin spiral staircases going up to a balcony on either side going up. Um, $15 million listing, 8,500 square foot house. The, the, ban the balcony is about a 15 degree angle, clipped half of the, the, the staircases. It's pitch black except for like the kitchen, kitchen door under the balcony that's opening. See so light streaming in from the, the adjoining room. And you see this blue white glow where the flash had gone off. Yeah. And he felt $100 for a photographer. It was just way too much. I'm like, dude, if I were selling that house and I saw those pictures, I'd shoot. Um, so, yeah, and that's one of the earlier comments is, at least in my market, getting people to pay. So the way I approached the market was I literally went through 3,000 uh, agents in my market. I went through realtor.com, the MLS site. I literally went through 3,000, looked at all their listings, and you could tell the 5% that used a professional photographer. I mean, the images jump out like day and night. And then within that, maybe 25% use professional for everything. Um, it was surprising how many would use it for just like the main entrance or two or three pictures and everything else was the iPhone. Yeah. Um, and so that's how I targeted my, my business when I started up. I think that's a really wise strategy on that. Um, I, I just wanted to mention that for me personally, I don't do any video. I, I partner with a videographer and who does it really well and who edits it amazingly. And I mean, honestly, you know, you can tell by the color of my hair, I, I don't want to say how old I am. <laughs> I don't want to learn anything new. And so mm -hmm. um, that's not what I do best. And so I, I'll stick with still photography and I'll let this other fellow who's, you know, almost 30 now um i'll let him do the videography <laughs> and, and all the editing and put the music bed in and all that kind of stuff and it works out it's a great partnership for me um and i know that there's other photographers within repai who do the same thing but there are those who are able to handle it all and hats off to them carl's just joined us i'm, I'm curious carl what's what's your take on this about about video what how does that affect your business well, more and more people are, can you hear me okay? Yes. Yep. Okay, good. Um, more and more uh, clients want video um, in addition to still imagery and sometimes the 360 tours. And my brand and my price point is intentionally pretty high because I'm, I'm, you know, probably in everyone's age group here that I see on screen. Um, so what I do with video is... Um, in the 
since 2012, I've either partnered with someone directly, another photographer slash videographer, uh, because I found that um, for these more expensive listings, it takes more uh, more resources and, and more hands uh, to really do a proper job of it. So in many cases, um, I'll either partner directly with them or else, uh, like I shot a, a house this summer that was a um, multi-million dollar project. And so I hired, uh, you know, I had a, a second assistant um, shooting detail shots and also had a videographer um, working independently of me. I kind of told him what I wanted, but he just went and did it. And we've done a lot of projects together, so I know he's very capable. And so that way, you know, I mark it up and I pay him directly and then I build a client separately. But uh, these are not the, you know, $500 and smaller projects. I mean, this this job was over six grand mm -hmm. for roughly, uh, I had half day in on my own and then a very full day uh, with three of us to uh, create the, the end result that they needed, the deliverables. And I did a $9 million uh, spec house um, in Greenwich on the coast uh, last year that was, you know, myself and then a, another second shooter. And we had to deliver. We shot it on a Friday, had to deliver on Monday. Uh, worked all weekend to get that accomplished because of all the, uh, you know, it was 200 and something images they wanted. I mean, it's much more than a normal listing. And uh, they went for, they wanted awards. They wanted magazine quality stuff. Um, they had actually hired a, another real estate photographer that they typically use um, to shoot it the standard way, but they wanted something much more editorial and uh, magazine ready. So that's why I got picked uh, because of another recommendation. And uh, again, another project that I think it tapped out at about seven grand in all. So I'm doing much more selective work. I'm lucky to be able to do that. Um, and because they have the budgets, I can hire somebody. My question to you, Alan, is actually, do you mark it up or do you just allow this person to charge directly or how do you handle that part of it? I mark it up like you do. Um, I, I pay um, the videographer I work with. He, he charges me on a day rate basis and then he charges me on a per minute edit basis. Mm -hmm. And so I have a pretty good idea going in. If the, if the client said we need a 10 minute finished uh, presentation of this property, I have a good idea going in what it's going to cost me to have him come. And then I incorporate that in my package. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's marked up. So um, typically it's 25 to 50% is where my markup comes in such situation like that. Nice. And so, <laughs> uh, so if I get into a home, say where, well, I, I shot a project with him. The last one I can think of um, where having the two of us there and, and working and producing the video, you know, it billed at $7,500. But you brought up a, an interesting term, which I think is, is probably important, and that's magazine quality. And that's been a search term that, that I've used um, and that I see a few real estate photographers using. And that I think is appealing in the market is, is, if, is if a person is is searching for a real estate photographer and they see that phrase. I mean, I had, I had a standalone real estate photography website for 
about six months or a year. And I had to shut it down because it got more traffic than I could deal with. And, but it basically was, uh, I was just repurposing a lot of the work that I had done on an editorial basis and, and, you know, calling it magazine quality real estate photography, um, which, which also brings up a point that was in um, the interview that's posted on the, um, the YouTube channel that I did with Brian Dressler, who is a member of AIAP. He talks about lens choices being the difference between what people perceive as a real estate photograph and what they perceive as an editorial or architecture photograph. And I know that the inclination in a lot of situations, especially with the low end, is to go for that 17 millimeter lens and shoot everything with it. Um, and, you know, um, that the countertops look like aircraft carriers and you know, things are just, things are kind of ridiculous. And, and, and Brian's point was he tries to use as long a lens as possible um, in a situation so that it, it still conveys what, what the room is about, but it also has that ability for the viewer to actually get into that space. Because when you see a shot taken with a 17 millimeter lens, unless you're a master at it, it's obvious that that's not why, the way you see the room or, or the house or anything like that. Um, when I, when I've taught architectural photography, I, I teach at Santa Fe workshops, uh, once in a while. And, and the term I use is the, um, the cone of consciousness that we need to, uh, consider when we look at something, there's an area that's kind of cone shaped that we're, we're really conscious of and you know, that's where our attention is, and that's where the, we're seeing detail and things. We're seeing other things on the periphery. And so I try to, try to make my lens choices based on that cone of consciousness. Um, and it's not 17 millimeters. I mean, once in a while it is, but it, it, it hardly ever is. And so um, getting back to where I started on this with that magazine quality photography, I think people perceive a higher level of photography in portfolios where everything's not shot super wide, where there's so true. some really deliberate lens choices uh, about what part of this am I, you know, what part of this house is meaningful uh, both to me and to the architect and the interior designer. Or if I walk into this room, what is it that I'm really looking at and how do I capture that in a still frame? So um, I know that's a tangent, but I, but you, <laughs> when you brought that term up, it, it did remind me that the, I think that's the way we elevate because I think in this coming year, unless, uh, unless we elevate the level of our uh, photography that we're going to probably be squeezed out a little bit. If not, it's going to be tough going because there's just, I see a real flood coming in April of, you know, I've always wanted to do photography and look, I've got this new um, Sony <laughs> camera mm -hmm. and, it, and it has a really wide zoom lens and here we go and I'll charge 50 bucks. So um, 
you know, if, I think you're going to see the same I'm, the same thing that we saw in 2008, 9, 10, where a lot of people got laid off. Um, this year, especially, we're going to be dealing with people that have been on unemployment for a full year, almost 50 weeks or whatever they're eligible for. Yeah. So they've had time to kind of study and think and buy gear and pursue their passions. And there's also um, I forget where I saw it, but, you know, one of the things that like the New York Times said was, you know, here's a great side gig for you. One of them was photography yes. and yeah. real estate photography. It's like yeah, it doesn't take them. much to get in. The <laughs> barrier to entry is very low. You know, for a thousand dollars, you can fully equip yourself and off you go. And I think what I've seen, I've been in a professional since 1983 when I graduated RIT and I went to um, got hired out of college directly to go to Armstrong World Industries and shoot room sets and travel Okay. in the dream job of all time. Yeah. Uh, stayed there 16 years. But long story short, the barrier to entry back in the film days was pretty high. The cameras were expensive. Knowing how to use them, focus, everything was, you know, I spent four years in college learning how to do it right. So now the camera does everything and then you can outsource it to somewhere on the other side of the world. And for a buck a shot, you can have your HDR processed or do your flambian or whatever. It's very efficient. It's very low entry level. And so it mostly comes down to is how fast can you do it? How cheap can you do it? And how many people can you uh, get in your geographic area to sign you on as their provider? Mm -hmm. Anybody have another take on that one? Well, you know, my... You certainly you read about this topic. This concern comes up. It's not a fresh concern, um, and to a certain extent, it's obviously valid. Um, but I've also made a couple other observations. Uh, easy to get into, but surprise, surprise, there's actually real work involved in this. Um, you know, it's like going into real estate. You know, the real real estate agent market is very similar to this. Um, you get an influx of people. They think this is great. Oh, and they realize it takes 90 days to get a paycheck. Uh, that's once you've actually sold something. Uh, oh, by the way, I'm working 12 hours a day, six and seven days a week. And wow, there's work involved. I will say as somebody hires a fair number of people, there's a fair number of people for which work is actually a problem for them. Um, so I'm not personally really concerned. Um, Plus, if you're going to actually stay in this market, um, you have to continue to improve your skills. You can't be that guy that comes in and, okay, I got my Sony A65 used for $200. I got a $400 1635 um, type lens and hey, I'm off with one speed light. You know, that gets you going and that gets you some initial stuff. But if you wanna turn those customers into repeat customers, you see year to year, um, if you want to continue improving, you're going to, have to continue to invest heavily, um, both in skills as well as your marketing, as well as the equipment. And most people aren't going to do that. Um, so there'll be a flash in the pan. Uh, you'll be there. I'm literally not concerned about somebody like that robbing my three strong regulars. Not worried in the least. Um, when you look at the quality workmanship, especially at the $50, $200 level, how do you how do you spell barrel? I'm sorry, you don't understand what barrel is. Well, hey, I'm not going to teach you about it either. You know, um, yeah. And, and Michael and I had this discussion seven years ago when I initially was looking at starting this. Um, and you know, to Michael's point, you know, there was a certain point where he said, "Hey, JT, you know, 
how much, you know, there's a limit to what Michael was going to share because, you know, there's time and money. Um, and I didn't blame him one bit. I appreciated all the input he gave me at the time. But no, I'm not worried about the, the Johnny come lately to this. Um, they generally won't last. What they are doing it is a alternative to a regular day job. Um, do the math, especially if you're starting out. Um, I'm just now, after seven years, starting to see four and $5,000 jobs come along. You know, the, certainly by piece count, you know, the vast majority of my revenue comes from doing $250 wonders. And so I'm constantly looking at, I'm looking at completely changing my workflow right now from a productivity standpoint, because I've done the math. You know, if I want to make my current income plus, I can't do it the way I've been doing it. So mm -hmm. what do I outsource? What processes do I improve? Um, if you're trying to, you've been laid off for a year and you're trying to figure out how to come up with $100,000 in revenue, you know what? You're not going to do it inside a year as a beginner photographer. You're going to have to build the market, get a reputation, have a portfolio, have some decent equipment. Um, so for all those reasons and more, I'm not specifically concerned. Uh, I think a lot of them will jump into it. And I think after six months, if they last that long, they're going to go, oh, I just can't survive on this. Yeah, I think a year from now, we'll be having a completely different conversation. I wanted to welcome June here, who's a photographer from Los Angeles. He's uh, significantly younger than most of us. <laughs> and but, I apologize, June. Hi. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to step away, folks, but welcome to the party, June. I, I, I wanted to I wanted to hear from June if you if you don't mind uh, just kind of sharing your situation and what your business is like now as far as uh, you know your your client mix um, who who you primarily do business with and just just kind of what your your business is looking like right now. Can you give us just a an overview. Yeah, yeah. Hi, hi guys. How are you doing? Good. Uh, name is June. I'm based in Los Angeles. Uh, thank you, Alan, for, for putting this together and sharing um, knowledge. Um, I guess the, the first, let's see, I don't know, one of the questions would be um, the mixture. So I, you know, I do architecture and I do real estate, um, but mainly I've been focusing on, at first I started focusing on architecture and then I kind of diverted and just focused more on the construction, the GC. Okay. And then I still have, yeah, that was just my, my approach. Um, real estate, I actually do not advertise at all. Um, it's just in the past. Um, I started um, architectural and real estate photography, I would say professionally quitting the day job four years ago. So this has been my full time thing. Okay. Um, and then within that time I had, you know, met real estate. So I get a few real estates here and there, um, but it's not something that I've been actively pursuing. Okay. All right, I appreciate that. And Julie's joined us here too. And I just wonder, Julie, could you can you speak to the same question? Or I'll have you unmute there. And uh, we we just we haven't heard from a woman's voice yet today, and so we're hey. <laughs> anxious to hear from you. Okay, well, I'm Julie from Charlotte, North Carolina. I've been doing real estate. I'm primarily real estate photography. I've been doing it for about ten years and full time for probably six or seven years. Um, lucky enough to have a thriving business, support a family on it. Um, and I do a little bit of, well, I do some builder photography, so not mm -hmm. so much architectural, but do, I do do a handful of 
stuff for builders and some for some commercial real estate brokers as well. Okay. Um, that's, that's my story. <laughs> okay. Um, do you also offer video? Is that something that you do? Um, I do. I do offer video. Um, mm -hmm. It's not a big seller for me, but okay. it is something that I, I do a fair amount of video, but primarily it's photos. I've um, do some 360 tours. Um, when it's raining, I do some websites for some real estate agents, but everything okay. that I do is concentrated on, on the real estate industry. And, and are your... Are your clients primarily uh, real estate professionals or what, what is that mix? It's mostly real estate agents, I would say, um, with a mix of, I have quite a few builder customers that I work for that okay. um, they do either do infill developments or just, you know, brand new subdivisions. But um, I, I go all, Charlotte's a fairly big city geographically, so yeah. I go all over. Okay. Um, Yep. All right. I have a couple subs that work for me too. And oh, okay. that's, that's kind of nice too. So that if I get calls and I can't make it to one location, uh, I send other people out and that's actually been a decent source of revenue as well. So you sound busy. So is this, is this year working out to be a good year for you so far? Yes. 2020 was a great year in spite of the pandemic. Okay. Um, maybe because of the pandemic, um, it, we, paused for a little while in March and April. Um, I got a little nervous, but um, then it just picked right up and our busy season was just pushed back a couple months and it went right into the end of the year and it really hasn't really slowed down. I've never seen a January, February like this at all. So. Interesting. I'm not complaining. You, I have a question, Julie. Are you finding yes. that be, because of the, uh, the tremendous demand and the limitation, the limited amount of stock, at least I'm in Connecticut, and anything mm -hmm. they put on the market, especially in my neighborhood, sells in about three hours for way over listing mm -hmm. price. Mm -hmm. So, are you finding that you're uh, that that the market is being driven by this tremendous demand for housing, or is it more? And are they wanting the same level of quality in terms of and, and numbers of images? Because I've seen on some of the real estate Facebook groups that you know some people are saying, "Hey, I've never been busier," and others are saying, "You know." I don't, I don't have to do that much or I don't have that much to do because the real estate agents are finding that if they right. put, no matter what picture they put on the listing in the MLS, they're going to sell right. the house quickly anyway. So why spend the money? Right. Are you seeing that? Um, I'm, I'm not seeing that personally. I think I'm lucky enough to have had a, because I've been doing it for quite a while. I have some customers that really count on the photography for their marketing and their brand. So they want to keep that up. Um, but I have heard that from some other photographers I've had coffee with lately that their business has slowed down because in, in the Charlotte market, you're allowed to put a property on as coming soon for a week before it actually hits oh, the market. Oh. And when, so they'll just put a cell phone picture up, it'll be coming soon. And, and basically it, it sells that quickly as soon as it hits the market officially. But I think it's a combination of just being with the right people that value the marketing for their brand um, and just having enough, enough variety of people that I work with. So, so um, Julie, would you say that your brand then is, is the quality of the photography that you do? Is that fair? Well, um, I think that I have a very good value. I think I, I've been doing it a while and I do mm -hmm. think that my photos from, for real estate stand out. 
Okay. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't um, call myself an architectural photographer. I think that's a whole nother level, but for what I do, I think I'm um, one of the be better ones in the market. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So people are coming to you because, because of the level of, of work that you do. Probably. I think they are. And also I have a very, I get very good SEO and I get a couple okay. forms filled out a day and, and cold calls a day from people looking for help. So I, I, I'm lucky that way too. I think it's, that's part of it. You bring up, we, we've talked a little bit, we've, you know, bounced around website design and, and things that need to be in websites and, and things like that. And you bring up forms. Um, mm. That's not typical of our industry necessarily um, to have forms on their websites, uh, especially hmm. uh, architectural photographers. Uh, okay. Here's what I found though. Uh, I put a form on my website a month ago and it has generated a huge return. Uh, I'm just kind of baffled by it. And hmm. so I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if, you know, you say that that's a significant um, part of your website. I'm just wondering if that's something that that we all probably ought to look at a little bit more seriously is about having a form. And it goes back to, um, uh, we brought this point up in the AIAP meeting that we had a month ago, which was that we, that we need to make it easier for people to spend money with us. <laughs> yeah. One of those yeah. ways is, 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 you know, we've talked earlier in this meeting about actually picking up the phone, you know, returning the call, um, responding to the email, and maybe it's having that form there so that they can contact us and tell us the information. And then, you know, the backside of that is we actually have to get back to them rather quickly on that or, yes. or, or that business is gone. Right. Exactly. And I do have, I do, have trouble keeping up with that at times. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I put a form on there several years ago because I was tired of getting spammed from my email address being listed on my website. Okay. So I decided to do the form. Um, I still get spammed through the form, but I also get some legitimate leads too. So mm -hmm. okay, might be something for people to consider. All right. So for clarification. So the form you have is kind of uh, fill out a contact form, but you also have space for specifically what their needs are? I don't. At this point, it is, you know, your name, your email address, phone number. Um, there's only a few things that are required, and then there's a space to explain what your inquiry is. Okay. Um, yeah, it, I, I've seen some really nice forms and really nice um, listings that people have different packages right on their website. I think that's a good idea, too, but um, that's the way I have it at this point, and it's worked well. Okay. Yeah, I I I have actually had people who, uh, in fact, national accounts who have filled out the form and given me enough information that then I can reply to them, and with a quotation. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, I've, I give them that description space so that they can tell me enough about the project that I can actually give them a price. And mm -hmm. to me, that's been a huge advantage. So it wasn't something I'd considered before. But um, I think that might be something to consider going forward on this. Um, we're going to need to wrap up here pretty quickly. Uh, I just wanted to uh, bring up one more item here, and that's going forward. We'd like to do this on a fairly regular basis. Um, and in, in saying that, we also need 
some topical input as to what we talk about so that there is a topic for discussion so that this doesn't turn into uh, kind of a meeting over coffee type situation that we actually have some meaningful discussion about topics that are relevant and important and uh, can help us uh, move our businesses along. So I would ask you, uh, I think we're probably a month or so, you know, we'll, I, I'm, I haven't pinned that down as to what that's going to look like. The AIAP has a monthly meeting um, and we have significant, uh, um, participation <laughs> uh, in that I, I couldn't think of the, name, the word in English. So <laughs> we have a lot of participation in, um, in that uh, meeting. We haven't had quite as much of this meeting, so that concerns me just a little bit. I hope it gets because everybody's busy and, uh, and out there having to shoot. Um, we haven't had anybody from Texas. I was hoping that there'd be somebody that would say, yeah, we're going to be okay, but haven't had so far. So I'm thinking that maybe it's like a monthly thing that we, we think about where we get together and we, we spend 30, 40 minutes and we, we discuss a topic. Uh, we have some, some good input and we come away having learned something from one another. So that's kind of where I am at this point. Thoughts on that, if you have them right now. Otherwise, send me an email. And oh, yes, Jim. Yeah, I really think that I call it details okay. and I've always done that. I mean, I just, I don't know. I just have an eye wander around the property and I find things that go, oh, this is really cool. And I'll, I'll take that shot. And I think that's very similar to your cone of influence. I think that would be a good discussion. Okay. Yeah. June, June, go ahead. Let me go back. Yeah, no, I guess the question would be, um, you know, different ways of, see, I'm still in the huge learning process as far as like, how to approach, um, you know, image licensing when you shoot with one and how to approach the other parties the proper way, even if there was no okay. uh, email introduction. Um, sometimes I feel like when you shoot real estate, you could actually even possibly, you know, uh, leverage those images in other ways. Mm -hmm. um, so mainly my, 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 the reason what I, I, I am interested in is all, all the business because um, quickly, a short snippet. I actually came from the filmmaking industry, mm -hmm. so for video, that was easy for me to transition. Oh, sure. Technically, I'm fine. I could shoot photo, video, drone, no problem. Mine's all business. I'm okay. Like, huh, how do you do this? How do you do that? Yeah. So that's yeah, what I'll be interested in. Okay. To that point, the the AIAP meeting a week from today is going to deal specifically with licensing, multi-party licensing. Um, and you know, copyright and uh, cost sharing as in as opposed to cost splitting. <laughs> yes, <laughs> licensing down the road, those kinds of things. Right. Carl, you had a, a comment. I don't know if it's appropriate to mention this group, but um, I'm the past president of the American Society of Media Photographers in Connecticut. Yeah, and I don't know, Alan. Are you a member of ASMP, or have you been? I I'm I'm. Uh, I've, I've had affiliation with the group in the past, but okay. not presently. Yeah. Okay. I, I would say, and I was just on the website uh, today, just a few minutes ago, um, there's a tremendous amount of resources for uh, members in terms of uh, business forms, licensing, copyright, um, cost sharing. Uh, as an architectural photographer, uh, I, I use the uh, American Institute of Architects and the ASMP's negotiated kind of cost share recommendation. 
mm -hmm. that they have. It's a white paper they put out a number of years ago. It's a good ref yeah. referral for the for my clients because I say, you know, this is not, you know, I'm not reinventing the wheel here. This is an established right. practice. Right. So, um, go ahead. Oh, uh, you know what? Actually, I was I totally forgot this. Um, have you ever um, had to litigate or go after an architect for using your image? Yes. Um, <laughs> in federal court? Yes. Ooh, okay. Because uh, I had an architect um, uh, say they didn't know uh, my it was my image. And the only reason I know is because the image uh, won an award for a AIA. There you go. And I was like, whoa, that's mine. And of course, long story short, it was not credited using mine. So I'm in the process of going through that right now. Um, are you with an attorney right now? You've got an attorney. We can talk Actually, offline. If you, if, did yeah. I give you a referral? No, I don't know. Okay. I had to like, yeah, but I would love any okay. information. Did you register it? Is it copyright registration? Post. You post like after, after it was published? Yeah. That might be a problem, but. Yeah, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to diminish your. Um, return. Your return on that, your recovery. Um, I learned that. It's not going to prevent <laughs> your recovery, though. You will have you will have recovery, and it just depends on whether or not you want to you want to seek a judgment and actually go to court, um, or seek a judgment out of court and uh, seek a settlement. I guess I should say. Um, right. Going back to what Carl was mentioning about the ASMP and the forms, uh, Mr. Schwartz, who is the uh, legal counsel for the ASMP, um, has let us know that they're very happy to have us access those forms. Uh, they're publicly available. Um, and we've worked with the ASMP on some litigation matters um, uh, with an, another attorney. And uh, there is a, a class action lawsuit that's working its way through the courts with regard to the MLS services and uh, ASMP and uh, RAPAI have partnered kind of on that. And so uh, that may be a while before that reaches the settlement. But um, in the meantime, if, uh, if you do need legal help, uh, we do have a fellow who uh, has worked with a lot of our members, both the RAPAI and the AIAP on recovering damages where that's been the situation where they've been surprised by usage. <laughs> and uh, he's, he's very efficient and uh, very affordable on the front end as far as getting the ball rolling for you. So. You know, let me know if you need any, any help in that regard. I do need help. <laughs> okay. Those of you who are also members of AIAP, uh, let me remind you of that meeting, which is a week from today. Uh, and that will be on cost sharing. Um, that's 10 Mountain, um, uh, 9 Pacific, you know, 11 Central, 12 Eastern. So uh, that will... Uh, probably have a, a significantly larger attendance. And I'm hoping that rolling forward that this will as well. Like I said, this will, this will be edited down and will be available in a listenable form where I don't stutter or can't think of the right word. And uh, it'll be on the podcast as well as the YouTube channel. That channel again is called A Photographer's Life. And uh, we are going to host playlists from each of the various groups, the architectural group, the AIP, the RAPAI, and then the new drone group, which is the ADPA. 
Um, and there's some interesting things happening there going forward. So thank you to everyone who's participated in this. And uh, it's been very enjoyable talking to you and actually seeing faces and <laughs> not just email addresses. So uh, I, I wish you all the best. And don't uh, hesitate to reach out to me personally if there's anything that I can do to kind of help move things along. And Ron, we look forward to hearing from you next time. So hopefully we'll get the, the technical issues worked out. <laughs> and in the meantime, um, Ron's asked what, you know, what percentage is HDR? Uh, I, I just didn't want to miss that before we leave there. Um, uh, for me, that's hugely variable. I'm just wondering, is HDR a, a big part of what the rest of you are doing in, in processing your photography? form of HDM. Uh, I developed it over time. Uh, I shoot seven to nine frames and I add uh, flash in the last uh, probably two or three. Okay. That should be a topic that we probably visit again here, Ron, is, is, is HDR processing. I developed a, a system that I, I teach in Santa Fe um, and uh, that would probably be useful to maybe at least touch on that as well. Um, it, it, it's just to, to give a natural look and not a garish look. And so that's what we're kind of all hoping for. So I know that's, that's where Michael's headed with that. We'll sign off now. Again, thanks to everyone uh, in uh, the group here that's joined us. And we hope to see you again soon. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Awesome. Thank you, Alan.